Do you remember where it began in you? Where it could no longer be put to the side or set aside for later days? Where it began to rise up in you in a way that could not be ignored? Maybe for you it grew up out of out of death, out of pain, out of tragedy, out of loss. It came out of an unquenchable thirst to know the truth, to discern what you hadn't yet found. Where did it begin in you and how do you remember it? This life, this life that we have come into, Curiously enough, it began in a place of death. It came out of a tomb. But that tomb isn't like these tombs. That tomb was an empty tomb. How do we remember that which is most important about where it came from? That tomb was empty and it changed everyone around it. That life came from that empty tomb and and those around it were transformed, never to be the same again. The passive, they preached. The fearful went from hiding in corners to being fearless. Cowards, courageous. Greedy, hiding, protecting themselves, became generous, giving themselves openly to all those around. Because life had come from an empty tomb. This life that we've become part of, how do we remember on a day like this? How do, how do we remember where it came from and where it takes us? Yes, life, our life, it came from an empty tomb. Today's Memorial Day, or Memorial Day weekend, and we were celebrating here. It's important for us as a nation to remember, to remember our past, to remember our mistakes and and our successes so that we create the future. What we remember in the past, it's important for where we're going in the future. Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day. It was actually started after the Civil War and we remembered actually the Union soldiers that fought at first and then it became all the soldiers and then all the soldiers of all the wars. And by last century, really, Memorial Day became a a day where we remembered all of the loved ones who have gone before us. And so on this Memorial Day, we want to ask the question, how do you remember the things that are most important? Remembering forward has to do with with remembering the past in such a way that, that God uses it to shape in us what he's called us to in the future. 
remember the right things about who we are to continue to create that in the future. God told the people of Israel to do stuff just like this. In fact, in Joshua 4, remember the Israelites, they were, they were saved out of Egypt. And, and Moses and, and that first generation all died in the wilderness. Their lack of faith, their lack of trust in him. And, and Joshua was the new leader and, and God called them to cross over into the land that God had given them and and God parted the Jordan and they walked across and God said as soon as they got over the first thing he told them to do is he said I want you to take one person from each family each tribe and grab a big stone out of that dry river that was still dry that was still parted go back in and grab a big boulder out and and I want you to make a memorial right here I want you to remember I want you to remember me Here's what he said, that we will use these stones to build a memorial. And in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? When we remember forward, we create memorials. We create piles of rocks. We create things that that help us ask the question, what do these stones mean? What does this memory mean? remember forward to create the right things that which God has called us to create and God is always uh, he's always wanted of his people that they remember like that that their kids would have a reason to question and to remember about what's important so that their their children and their children's children would walk in faith in the same and greater ways than they did. You know, in 2000, I was uh, was 26 years old, and my uncle found out that he had uh, terminal cancer, and it was a matter of months uh, before he died. My uncle was almost like a second dad to me, and uh, and I went to the hospital and um, sitting with my dad and my aunt, and my uncle who was in the bed, and uh, it seemed like we sat for 45 minutes and and laughed and cried and told stories. You know, the thing that stands out the most to me is that. He held my hand, and uh, I don't know if you hold hands with your uncle very much, but, but I had never held my uncle's hand, and he, he locked his fingers in between mine. We held hands for that whole 45 minutes, and uh, tight, and he never let go of me, and... And towards the end, um, when you've kind of run out of stories and run out of tears and run out of laughing, um, I said to my uncle, uh, just for lack of better words, I said, hey, I'm sorry I haven't been around to help out. I know last couple months everything's been hard. And, and he cut me off. And he said, laddie, he said, you want to do something for me? He said, none of that matters. He said, do you want to do something for me? 
He said, you go home and you love Crystal well. And you love that boy of yours well. And you give your life to them. You see, when you're remembering, all the most important stuff comes to the top. You and I, we get caught in the, the busyness of life. And we forget the important stuff. But when it comes time to remember, when it comes time to those last moments, we want to remember what's most important. My name is Julie, and I've had the privilege of being here at K2 since we launched the church in 2004, and it's been such an honor to be able to witness and experience the things that God has done here and the way lives have been changed, and I think those life-changing stories are some of the stones that Lad was referring to, that they can be built up as a memorial about what God is doing and how he has moved in this valley and this church. Um, it's just been an honor to be a part of. And that memorial, basically remembering forward, like he said, we've seen God show up in the past, and we know he's going to show up in the future. We've put together a little video of some of the life-changing stories that we've had, so take a moment to watch these. Well, I was in a real dark spot in my life, and um, you know, I didn't have a solution, and I had, I had no spiritual understanding whatsoever, and, and I remember getting to a point of, of desperation, and I, and I called out to God, and um, what had happened is God showed up in my life in a big way, and, and I got into the Bible, and somebody recommended the New Testament, and I read the New Testament, and, I, and, and something up inside of me rose up. And it was Christ, I believe. He's um, teaching me how to be selfless and, and how to care about my fellow human beings, which is something that uh, was far from me. It was all about me and what I wanted out of life. And, and today it's not that way. The journey is, is really powerful in my life, and, and what I'm getting is beyond anything that I thought could be possible. My name is Cody Medina. Um, from Salt Lake City. I pretty much grew up kind of a, 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 throughout my teens and my young life, kind of lost, um, dabbled with everything. I feel like I've been around the block a little bit, drugs, alcohol. Well, until it, it started catching up to me when I turned about 25 years old, I still remember um, having lots of questions and wondering if this is why uh, this is the life I was supposed to lead and, and I started realizing it started seeming like it wasn't supposed to be like the, the way things were being. Uh, I always remember the Bible that my sister had given me that I always just had in, in the closet collecting dust and uh, for some, some reason, for some sort of reason, I went back, I grabbed it and I started from page one, started reading. Shortly after that, I mean, I just dove in the book he just got a hold of me. Uh, I just kept reading, kept reading. Things just started changing. I started changing. My eyes started opening. I felt like I had a little bit of hope. Um, it just was very real to me, and uh, it took a hold of my life, and Jesus Christ has definitely changed my life. I, 
I'm very happy. I'm happy that I found Jesus and put my faith in him. It was about 2005. I lost everything. I was um, doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. I was doing everything that was wrong, and I needed, I needed someone to go fall back on. And then I um, started to go back to church. Everything just fell back into play now. I'm not on the streets anymore, and I'm just really grateful. I need him in my life, or else I don't, I don't think I'll survive. I went on and off through different churches with my family, but uh, I never actually had a structured belief system. And then one of our friends at school, his dad was a pastor, so he went out and bought me a Bible. And then my best friend was like, yeah, you really should read this. And so I started reading, and then he brought me to K2. I was actually sitting alone in my bedroom one night. I had my Bible in my hands, and I just flipped open to one page. And it was Romans chapter 15, and it, verse 4 was the first verse I read. And it was, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I just needed something more, something to live for. Well, the first day I came, it, like, my heart was really, really tender, and, like, it took a little bit of time, not too long. Like, I was surprised at, like, how little time it took, but it didn't take very long. And um, I was just like, wow, like, this is amazing, and it was just one of the best things that happened to me in a long time. <laughs> Jesus, to me, personally, is the most amazing human being I've, like, ever got to, like, connect with, and it's just amazing, and when I, whenever I hear his name, like, I just get this, like, jittery adrenaline rush. <laughs> I was just at my lowest point, at a breaking point. I was into drugs, I was into alcohol, I was suicidal. How old are you now? Nineteen. Nineteen, <laughs> and how long were you in that dark place, would you say? About three years. I was like, I'll do anything. <laughs> he said to come to church, and I found God. So today we're remembering forward. That's what God does. He transforms lives. It's kind of business as usual for him. If you're just coming into this like uh, all of us did at one point, it's just it's overwhelming to see the change that he does in our lives and in the lives of those people around us. And and it's just it's amazing. And for him, it's, it's what he does. And that's what we're remembering is that, that God is love. Because you and I come into it and we, you know, man, what is going on here? And what's this all about? Well, here's what it's all about is that God is love and that he loved us. Even while we're far away from him, he loved us. And he sent his son to be just a complete representation of who he is and, and, and what he is to us and his love. And John calls Jesus the word, the revelation um, that Jesus repped completely who God was for us. And he didn't come as a king. He didn't come uh, for someone that we would have worshipped and we thought, man, that's God. He came as a as a normal guy, as a, a normal person like any man or woman, and he spoke our language, and he, he lived on the streets with us, almost like 
almost like a barista, right? Or, or a, a worker on a street construction crew. A normal guy. He revealed who God is. And, and when Jesus, when, when they found out that he wasn't just a good guy and a good barista and a good carpenter, when they, when they found out that he was more than that, when he said, I am God, then they killed him. See, when he said, I'm not just a good guy, I'm God, and they killed him. And here's what happened. They killed him and they buried him. He rose from the dead. We just celebrated it Easter a few weeks ago. And here's what happened in that empty tomb. Here's why that empty tomb is so significant. Here's why it's so important to remember him and what he calls us to. Because when that empty tomb opened up, and it changed the world. It changed all the people around him. And within a matter of a month, he had been with all of his followers and he returned to heaven. And a month after that, the Holy Spirit came and and they began to transform the whole area around Jerusalem and Israel and Judea. That whole area of Palestine began to turn around and thousands came to know him. These fishermen, these tax collectors, this group of bandits, really, together, they had following. They were leading people to follow Jesus. We're in Acts 2, picking up in verse 42. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to sharing in the Lord's Supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had, they sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared the meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. So what we see here in Acts is that, man, the church, it just totally exploded because of the reality of the life of the empty tomb. And what happened is that boldly, these believers, their lives are being transformed. And they were really being transformed, really, in this text we see all through the book of Acts. They were being transformed kind of in, in three things they remembered really well. They remembered three things and they brought them to the forefront. So, so here's the three things. First of all, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. The apostles had the Old Testament and they had Jesus' teachings. And they just kept preaching it over and over and over boldly. And people's lives were being changed. You need to be devoted to the teaching of the Word. Here's what Psalm 119.105 says. It says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's like, it's like a flashlight on a dark path. It's like a headlamp in a dark cave. It's, it straightens out our path. It makes our way safe. We, we, we walk in God's Word as a light to straighten the way, to, to give us light to the way we ought to go. Secondly, what they were doing is they were doing life together. And you and I know that we can come in this situation and we can we can have a great experience here at church. We can hear from God, we can worship, but man, there's something on a whole different level when I'm doing life house to house with a few people and they know me and I know them and we're praying for each other and we're there for each other in the junk and we're, we're 
we're actually encouraging one another more and more to not just hear God's word, but to really live it out and walk it out. When there's that kind of agreement and that kind of knowledge, man, it takes transformation to a whole new level. And that's what the church always did all through the book of Acts. They were in the temples and they were house to house. And they built those kind of relationships. This is where the good stuff happens. They actively focused on Christ and they shared it. They shared life together and they were generous with each other. And really that's what happened is when, when you're generous and you see God changing your lives and you're doing that with the people around you, the third thing that they remembered is that they constantly invited new people into it. It wasn't stagnant. It wasn't, it wasn't that way. It wasn't just a group for them and protecting their own. They were constantly inviting new people into it. And that's what happened. They were bringing new people in and they were sharing God's love with them and more and more people. It says that daily, more and more people were being added to their numbers, that God was in the business of transforming lives. So as you and I think about remembering, this is the core of what it is to be a church. This is the core of what it looks like for us to be a church. And it, it's not rocket science, but it's the core of what we remember in going forward, in creating a future where God continues to transform her. So, so let me ask you, are you involved in these things? Like, are you really devoted to the Word of God? Are you really devoted to seeing it really come deep into your life and, and really spreading out through the relationships, house to house, and, and inviting new people in? And I want to encourage you. These are the things that we need to remember as a church. And when we remember these, we're going to see God transform our lives. And I want to invite you to continue to celebrate with us as we right now celebrate some more stories of how God is changing lives here, right here, now, in our church. Would you celebrate with us as we remember? came from the other building. Good morning, K2. How are you? My name's Lad. This is Luke Porter, Petty Nations, and Jason Orvis. Can you guys welcome them? Well, today, you know we're talking about remembering. Obviously, it's like the 72nd time I've said it. And uh, we're talking about remembering forward and remembering the most important things so that, so they don't just like hang out in the past, but that actually the things that we celebrate and talk about, they actually dictate where we're going. And so today we're talking about just how God changes lives here amongst us. For him, it's kind of like, you know, he parts the waters of the river and that's pretty much business as usual. And for us, they're just these huge life-changing things. And yet somehow we forget the most important things. And so we want to talk to Luke and Patty and Jason just about how God has worked in their lives, okay? So Luke, tell us, um, we've just been talking all morning a little bit about how, how God kind of drew you to him and just kind of knit together the story of your life to bring you to him. And so tell us a little bit about your experience. Uh, well, for me, it, it definitely was when uh, my wife got pregnant. Uh, I was 17, she was 18. And it was just a point in my life where I realized, you know, I can't take this on by myself. Um, I have to have help in order to make this work. And so, you know, fatherhood's been very important to me. Um, and it was just a point in our lives where actually it was the first time I met Dave. Uh, Dave prayed over Carrie and I when we were in Michigan. And um, it was just definitely a turning point where I realized this is bigger than I am. And there's no way that I can succeed in this without him. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, God creating need in our lives and drawing us to him out of, uh, out of his brokenness. You have a different story, Jason, just about how God drew you to him and kind of brought that question into your life. Why don't you share some of that with us? Yeah, 
God just sort of uh, ambushed us. Uh, we, my wife Pamela and I, we kind of figured we had life figured out. We were like, we even like taught a class on how to have an awesome life. And we had all the whistles and bells going on. And then I was in, everyone's got this story, right, where, where God, you know, drops in. And I was in Portland, Oregon with a couple of uh, friends from K2, a couple of Christian friends. And they were like, we were at this lunch that kind of bled into dinner. And um, I was telling them all my reasons and thoughts and ideas about how, you know, Jesus didn't really fit in my life. And they were just ridiculously patient with me. And... Um, and as I was walking back to my hotel room that evening, I was, I was just feeling like all my thoughts and ideas, they were all just crap. They were just like, they were just junk, just ashes in my mouth. And I got back to my hotel room, and I was really disturbed by this because I was so sick of hearing myself say these things. And I decided, I mean, I didn't decide. I had the thought, you know, maybe I should pray about this. And because of my history, my immediate response was, forget that, but only I said something like way more intense and forget that. And I just had just huge upsurge of pride and ego. And I said, wow, what was that? You know, I, what was that? And I was really uncomfortable with feeling that, with that being that prideful. So, I, well, I'm going to do it. And so I, I, I said, hey, God, and I felt like God's love in that instant, like so powerfully, just like fill the room and fill me. And I started bawling in my hotel room. And when I got myself kind of back together, I called my wife and, and said, hey, um, I think I'm a Jesus dude. And she said, oh, oh boy. All yeah. right. Have you had that experience where you just to get almost against every fiber of your being, just say, God, here I am again, or maybe for the first time, and God overwhelms you with, your, with his love and grace. Just uh, phenomenal. Patty, you've been sharing a little bit about how um, you look in the rearview mirror and you know things have definitely changed. How did, how did you know that God had definitely come in and made some changes? Well, for me, my, um, my journey and my reason for uh, seeking Jesus was that I lacked peace in my life. I um, spent my life being scared and worrying all the time. And um, I found that I didn't couldn't find joy in all of the wonderful things in my life. And so that's why I turned to Jesus. And about a year into my journey, um, I, we discovered last spring that I had some health problems and we didn't know what it was and we were doing these tests and then we had to wait and then more tests and it was really, um, just an awful time. Um, but in the midst of all that, I realized that I had found that, that peace that I wanted. I realized that I was okay with what was going on, just it was going to be all right. And, um, you know, I'd heard people say, just give it to God. Just, you know, turn everything over to him and you'll feel so much better. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. How do you do that? And then um, I realized that I had done that and he was there. And I felt that, that love and that peace and that comfort that I longed for. Isn't that a great rock to have a great memorial to remember that God is love. That's what he says. And, and 
and in his word, he says that perfect love, when you know his perfect love, that it, it drives away fear. It gets rid of all of that, and you can walk in that peace. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. Jason, you're talking a little bit about how God used um, kind of this community. Like as you entered in and said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in faith. I'm going to go that way. And, and God, I want to I be um, impacted by people around me. How did God use the community here at K2 as you went towards that? Well, it was mostly just this community being this community. I mean, my, my wife and I came in here in this room um, a couple years ago for Lisa Wood's memorial service, and we could just feel in, in Lisa's words that she was sharing through her journal and in Preston's words and Dave Nelson, we could just feel the authenticity here and this draw of total vulnerability. It was like people living inside out. Like we could, they were just letting it all hang out there. And that was so attractive to us. We felt like well, maybe there's something here. And Patty, in the same way you've talked about your, your life together group and, and how God has used them. Um, I have the most amazing life together group. Um, there's not a day that goes by that we don't communicate or we vacation together, we have dinners together, we do everything. And um, through this group of people, I've experienced God's love. I've experienced what it means like to be, be loved unconditionally and to be encouraged and... Um, it's just been so amazing, hmm. so amazing to be um, so tight with this group of people. And just to be plain, if you're here and you are going along this journey of, of toward Christ or figuring it out and you're, you're trying to do it all alone, man, just our experience is that as people engage with others and find out that they're a lot like them and you do that together, just exponentially, exactly what Patty is talking about happens, that people really, and they know you and they love you and they wrap their arms around you and, and they intertwine their lives with yours in a way that builds you up and pushes you towards Christ and encourages you. And so, and we would love to serve you and get you connected with others. Um, one, of the, one of the things, Luke, that you and I have talked about is just how, how when you receive that kind of love from God, when you receive that kind of life, that you don't want to just you know, hoard it for yourself anymore that you want to make a difference. And so tell us a little bit about how God has called you into mission and to use your life. Uh, well, I mean, it starts first and foremost with my sons. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, my wife got pregnant when, when I was 17, we now have four boys and, um, yeah, wow. Um, (laughs) and so, I mean, that's, that's where it starts for me. I, I grew up in kind of a different, um, you know, household, my quick story, my, great, or my grandfather was an alcoholic till he was 50. He used to beat my grandmother. He used to beat my dad. He had, my dad had 12 brothers and sisters. And that translated to my father. And so for me, it, my real calling is to work with young men, especially with my boys, now at the South, South Salt Lake uh, Boxing Center, but just to kind of break that chain of what you're used to, um, the sins of your father, and start something, I guess, give, give a gift to the people who come after you so that they can be better than you are. These are the kind of things that we want to remember as a church because quite frankly, the stuff that God is doing in our lives, it's not just us being different people or good people or it, it really is God coming into our life and changing us from the inside out. And, and we would love for you to not listen to these stories and sort of kind of from the outside in say, well, that's great for them, but love for you to say, God, how, what are you compelling me to remember and to move forward into? So give a hand to these guys. Thank you guys so much.
this place, looking out at the mountains, the city. It's just beautiful. You know, there's all these people around us, and more than a million of them here in the city and suburbs. So many of them have no idea of what we've just talked about. No idea of God's love for them. There's tons of really spiritual people here. Tons of really good people here. Tons of really religious people here. And why has God called you here? Okay, two, here's what we want to remember. We want to remember the most important things about why God has brought us here. To be a church, not just for ourselves, Just ways that you can that you can be on purpose 
here, that you can be focused, tight, and out there as a church. Those are the things that we really find to be the core things that we need to remember. Because if we don't remember them, we're just going to go about life. And we're going to end up here some weeks, some weeks we won't. We'll just kind of float through life and we'll do whatever whatever we feel like. It's okay to part of remember and is really putting these things into practice. So we can talk about them here and we can we can celebrate what God's done in people's lives and what it looks like in their lives. But part of remembering is really not just seeing those rocks and saying, what was that about again? Not just seeing those tombstones, not just remembering, but actually putting it into practice. Here's three things. Talk about focus tighten out there. I want to encourage you. And are you dedicated to God's word? really being dedicated to it, not just hearing it occasionally here on the weekend, but are you bringing God's word into your life? I would encourage you, find somebody else here to jump into a regular conversation with, and read God's word every day, and, and do this, whenever you get into God's word, say, God, would you teach me from your word? God, use your Holy Spirit to teach me from your word. Get into God's word regularly, that you might know his voice, and you might follow him like the good shepherd that he is. Secondly, get involved with community. Just like I said, maybe it's maybe it's a couple other guys and you do a soap group. Look online. A few months ago, we talked about doing soap journal. Study God's Word that way or get involved with the Life Together group. Right now, out in the lobby, there's tons of new Life Together groups offered for you right now. We would love to have you be involved with our Life Together group. A great place to meet some people is at the picnic that's going to happen right after this. Join in the picnic today. Meet some people. Say, what do you do for Life Together? And find some people that, that you might have some kind of connection with or you think you do life together with and get involved in their life together. Third thing, tell other people about what God's doing in your life. It's not rocket science what the early church is doing. They simply were devoted to God's word. They were living it out. They were sharing generously with the people around them. And they were just they were just telling them what's going on in their lives. It could happen right here on the tracks. It could happen right in the cubicle next to you. It could happen anywhere. Just tell people what God's doing in your life and see what he does. Because it's going to be him doing the work. It's not us that creates this kind of transformation. It's not us that's going to change the city. It's going to be God at work through us remembering what's core and, and devoting ourselves to those things over and over again. Okay, two, and I want to encourage you. Devote yourself to these things and let's see God change this place. church today is not the day to hit pause today is the day to remember those big things and to hit play and move towards them and again we just want to really encourage you into those things those are the things that the church has done since the church began after christ went and ascended to be with the father they dedicated themselves to god's word personally they gathered in groups like this and then they met home to home and they did that they they did life together so they dedicated themselves to the word they lived life together and then they shared god's love with those around them and and as they did that god's word says he added to their numbers daily hundreds and dozens of people came to know his love and that's what we want to be about as a church we want to constantly be changing our city here constantly be bringing the peace and hope and love of god to our neighbors to our families to those around us all right 
So are you with me?